Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Crypto Catch-Up. I'm Pav, and with me, the great and powerful Ted. How are you doing, Ted? <laughs> I'm doing great, thanks, Pav. How's it feel? Thanks for the intro. It's, yeah. It feels great. You I like I, it? I'm a bit, yeah. I've always wanted to get an awesome intro like you do, All but right, well. now I finally know what it feels like. So thank well, you, Pav. That's, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> everything's green. Everything's green. What did you, um, you plug it back in? Yeah, I plugged it. I pumped it. Uh, yep. Gave a call to the you know the people that matter and said, let's go. Yep. Accidentally plugged your bicycle pump into your laptop. <laughs> Just pumped it right up. It's terrible. Stop that. Well, Stop yeah. that. It's been said now. Now, everything's um, green and we're going to discuss why in a sec. Yeah, it's pretty important. So, what, what should we start with? Let's start with ETH because ETH's been yep. kind of flying under the radar for a while now. Everyone's saying, you know, Solana's the new hot ticket in town. No one cares about ETH. A lot of, a lot of ETH bears. Yeah. And I think I remember saying on the potty too. Yeah. I have to tout myself that now's probably the time to start looking at ETH yeah, because everyone exactly. hated it. You got to be accountable for your actions and, oh, and what you say on, on this podcast. So, ETH is back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, look, it's it's up about twenty eight percent this month. Yeah, it's looking um, good. Had some healthy gains. It's trading just below three thousand USD. So, pretty juicy catalyst coming up. One, of course, is the ETH ETF, which people are speculating will be approved in May. Obviously, not guaranteed to be approved, but the way that the things are going with you know regulations and especially like all the ETF providers and, and the success of the Bitcoin ones, they obviously um, yeah, absolutely there's demand for an ETH one. So, I think the SEC will will find it. There's demand and money being made. Exactly. We'll find it tricky to uh, kind of reject that one. So that's a healthy catalyst that's coming up. Uh, another healthy catalyst is, of course, the Denkun upgrade. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. So that what that does in a nutshell is it's going to reduce the fees on Layer Two networks. So Ethereum Layer Two networks like mm. Arbitrum and Optimism and stuff like that. So it's going to be cheaper to use the Ethereum network through some of those Layer Twos, yep. just making it a little bit, uh, I guess, more scalable in that regard. Yeah. Because up until this point, even using Layer Twos, which are designed to be more scalable, haven't been like as cheap as Solana or even like Correct. Sui and things like that, other layer ones. So it's definitely been an eye opener for most people if you have been playing around in something like Solana and you haven't before, how cheap it is. I mean, it's really hard to go back to wanting to spend 50 bucks on gas fees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When yeah. you're spending a tenth of a cent. Yeah. It just seems like unnecessary, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, ETH is definitely one that's been the speculation race has started, even though ETF may or may not get approved. Like, Everyone's off to the races, just speculating. Yeah. And that's what I think is getting priced yeah. in. Well, TED Talks Macro last week was talking about how he's eyeing off ETH in the lead up to yep. that Ethereum ETF approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think he said he was going to potentially sell off after that as a sell the news event. So, yep. yeah, ma- market might do the same. Yeah. Didn't see it with Bitcoin. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, but what else is happening? We've got um, Bitcoin breaking above 52K for the first time in a long time. And uh, we've, I guess if we just wake up on the chart and just talk about that to begin with, I think last week we we're just hovering around 50K. And then most notably, we saw just a big push and drive January into Feb. Uh, so we find ourselves now, there was this key Fibonacci level of 48,500 around there where price seemed to like to jump off. So I think it's not going to be unlikely to potentially see it move to the next level which is about 57 and a half but 
I still feel like it's a coin flip to know exactly how high and far we're going to go. But I think one thing that's worth tracking right now is the ETF flows. Mm. So we've just seen constant buying day on day, week on week from the ETF space. And we've seen, I guess, a reduction in the GPTC selling. So that was basically where a lot of the selling was happening. We've covered on previous podcasts as to why. But what's notable is, yeah, the iBit, which is the BlackRock products and the Fidelity Bitcoin products. They seem to be leading the way in terms of volume. ARK Invest saw a big day as well towards the end of last week. So I know they've got bank holidays over in the States now. So it'd be interesting to see if they get like double the buying. Yeah, the, the yeah first, for the days missed out. For the days missed, yeah. yeah. They um yeah. they had their largest day in terms of Bitcoin ETF inflows since the launch day, which was Thursday yeah. last week. Yeah. So yeah, even though it's been around for what, like a month and a half now, like yep. demand isn't going away. Um, yeah, I think so. And if the markets are nothing, but if you think of it as like sentiment-based approach, I mean, if if... The sentiment is everyone wants it still yeah. from a TradFi perspective. I mean, we might just continue to see the momentum hold up because that's all we care about, right? So, yep. but one thing I would say to keep an eye on, I think we've talked about this in the past, is open interest. So this is the the bets being placed on where the market's going. Mm-hmm. We're currently in new high territory. So whether or not this is significant or not, I think we'll wait and see. But we've seen in the past when we get up to these sort of high levels, it's usually before a big move in the market up or down, yeah. um, usually a washout of longs or shorts. So that's just one thing I would say. Um, with that being said, I think we are seeing just continued spot purchasing, which is healthy for the market. So even if we are seeing extended leverage positions, as long as the spot market, there's more and more purchasing and it's not just all derivatives, yep. we probably could continue to see the market move. And what I've got up here, just not to make things look too busy or too complicated, this is a what we call like a funding heat map. So whenever we do look at people betting through derivative products, either long or short, usually there's an interest rate to be paid because you're essentially just taking out a loan uh, on that position. So this basically describes when the patches go yellow, uh, a lot of people stacked on the long side uh, and the dark bluish areas are like a lots of shorts. So quite notably here, what I wanted to point out was in December when the market was really starting to hoof, uh, we did start to see this speckled pattern of yellow elements on the heat map, but it wasn't until the end of December into January, we really saw that washout and that was that big nuke that we yeah. saw and everyone sort of panicked a little bit saying, oh, what's happening? So whether or not that's sort of playing out again, time will tell. Uh, but these sort of patterns are pretty normal. As long as the market can continue its spot buying like we talked about, Yeah, uh, there's nothing to say we still can't keep going. Um, so so yeah. for those listening and not watching the video, it's basically, yeah, we're seeing more yellow pop up on this chart, which in the, you know, in December showed that a washout was coming. Um, yeah, just a lot of people exposed yeah. via leverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're just yeah. kind of wondering if it's going to happen again yep. or, you know, times. So let's say if, if the spot momentum, let's say the ETF slows down and we see still a lot of people in leveraged positions opened yeah that's when you might see a little bit of a house of cards situation again i want to ask you a question are there going to be more opportunities this year to buy bitcoin below 50k oh geez it's currently sitting at what roughly 52 yeah i hope so bit under the etf arguably may have changed the way things usually run but in the past we've seen even if we break above let's say key levels we do come back down so we're coming back down below 50k that's your hot take all right, sure. <laughs> I'm looking for a hot take here. A hot take? Yeah, I would yeah. say yes. Only because purely technically speaking, the 618 FIB has been of significance in the past. So usually 
we do break above it, but then go back up either towards it or under it after the halvening. So that's about 48 and a half. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say from here, we can't even put in a new all-time high before coming back down. Or maybe we just right. go up to the 60s or 57s before coming down. Or maybe we're, we're out where we need to be right now and we're going to start coming down. I don't I don't know. But yeah. um, I hope so because I kind of wanted to buy the dip a little bit more. But yeah. at the same time, you know, I'm not going to be missing out, I guess. Um, well, one thing I want to highlight is obviously everyone's looking towards the, the halving, yes. which is happening in about two months from now. Yep. A- Countdown's on. The countdown is well and truly on. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's a there's a demand catalyst being the ETF inflows, which are higher than what we expected. On the supply side, that was going to be a bit of a supply shock with it halving and yep. less, uh, I guess, new That's... Bitcoins are entering into circulation. Right. So it reduces the supply to an extent. And so you're getting both the supply and demand side of things. So I think it's looking good. But at the same time, like there's a few things we need to watch out for. Like, yeah, you just pulled up this tweet. So Genesis, which is a bankrupt crypto lender, um, basically have been a got approval by the courts to sell their $1.6 billion in Bitcoin. So obviously there's a, um, you know, there's sell pressure there, which it could bring the price down. People might be, you know, trying to speculate that this will bring the price down and therefore sell again. So you got to watch out for that. That's going to come over the next couple of months, I'd say. And then there's also, you know, like just looking at some of the charts, um, I've got another tweet here. So Bitcoin's at 50K, um, but Google search volumes, which usually indicate, you know, is an indicator for, um, Mm retail interest because people are searching up bitcoin but yeah retail interest in terms of bitcoin search volume is like really low compared to the current price it's actually at an all-time low in correlation to the price so bizarre so it's super interesting it's like everything seems to be going well and then it just doesn't correlate to to this it just doesn't make sense does it no it doesn't i can't put two and two together like maybe because crypto because in the last cycle a lot of people were onboarded into crypto so they're no longer searching up on google they've they've already got a an exchange app that could be set up so that they no longer need to google it but do you you think in that same light so many people go down that they just got too burnt by you know ftx going down yeah yeah. i think more needs to happen because to get the negative sentiment for the bulk of the retail market to come back yeah because i've been thinking myself like i wonder if it takes all-time highs whereas previously it didn't actually get people back into it and looking Mm. at it yeah Um, i know in my friend circles i've only had a few people say oh how's that bitcoin going yeah yeah, are you guys in trouble like they don't even know it's yeah close to all-time highs yeah yeah exactly and then when i say they're like don't understand like what do you mean it's that high yeah yeah so that's interesting it all matters it all matters it does it does well but i guess you could take from this if you're listening is that you're still early well theoretically yeah yeah because like the bulk of the market tends to come back in once prices really moon. Yep. Um, but it just goes to show you that we've barely scratched the surface when it comes to that retail. That's interest. right. That's right. Cool. Let's dive into some top movers, Mr. Pav. Uh, what do we got? Worldcoin. Yeah, who haven't seen that in a while? Came out, of, came out of nowhere. I guess when it launched, like there was a lot of talk about it. It was, you know, the a AI. Of buzz, a lot of, a lot of buzz. AI narrative, you know, it basically... It was created by the OpenAI CEO and founder, Sam Altman, basically to combat the problem of like verifying digital humanity. ID. Oh, yeah, digital humanity, that is, because yeah. of the um, the growth of AI. And so, yeah, I guess like from what I've seen, the price is soared because one, their app passed 1 million daily users a couple oh, geez, really? last week. Um, so that's really strong. I've got the app and I have not been on it. So I, I hope that they're, they're not counting me as a daily user. <laughs> and then two, uh, I don't know if you heard, but OpenAI, the creator of ChatGBT and also 
Dolly, the image generation tool, have just announced they're going to launch an AI video tool. Sora. Yeah. Sora. It's yeah. mental. Have you seen some of them? I haven't seen it, oh, no. It's crazy. Like, it almost seems like it's not real. Like, it's oh an April Fool's joke. Yeah. So, basically, now you've got, like, um, ChatGPT, which you can, like, you know, get copy and text written up. You've got Dolly, which you can get image generation just by typing in a few prompts. And now they've added video, which was, like, I guess the one thing that was missing it was a lot trickier to do, but... Well, they've made it look ridiculous. Yep. So whatever they've done, I'm scared. Well, our video guy, Daniel's sitting in the room now, and uh, I think he's a, a bit he's, concerned for his job. Well, if anything, it's made his job easier, right? Well, yeah, but... Daniel, what do you reckon? Job easier or harder? Job. Redundant. <laughs> Redundant. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, it's, it is cool. So we'll see. Like, I think the AI... Like just even looking at the top movies, there's a lot of AI themed assets in here. So we've got, you know, fetch. We have GRT, which I guess has an AI element to it as well, render. So it definitely seems like that theme that we saw at the start of, I guess now we can retrospectively say it has been a bit of a bull run. Yep. It all started with AI and then it mm. kind of went quiet. We yep. saw a lot of layer one and infrastructure tokens go. And now it seems like AI seems to be popping off again as a bit of a leader. It just kind of seems like no matter how much progress is made in the AI blockchain space, it doesn't yep. really matter because as long as like you know, players like OpenAI are doing big things, then yes, these are just yeah. going to pump off the back of them. Yeah, and everyone's going to be looking at, okay, well, WorldCoins might be at the forefront of actual utility for blockchain and AI, who's yeah. in second and third place, which I personally haven't done the research to know. Mm. But I mean, that's how you could look at something like this, like yeah. saying uh, what what might be next to catch a bid. But yeah, Tower's there as well. Now that's been going quite well. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. No, I was just going to say, one a guy we work with, Matt, Oh, yeah. uh, recently just took a punt on some AI coin that launched at a million dollar market cap and it's already done 60x. So just goes to show like, I mean, I don't think there are any fundamentals behind it and <laughs> yeah. it's done that. So we're not recommending people do that, but no. it just, yeah, no, it's, it's no all getting a bit, it's yeah. all getting a bit frothy in that regard. Yeah. Um, so, and that's yeah, also interesting careful. too, the fact that we're seeing stuff like that, yet Google search trends are so low. Like, yeah, I, don't know. I, know. I, I yeah. can't make head or tail of this right now. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I think um, there's a few deep in assets there as well. Um, I mean, what we've got there, we've got um, Filecoin, uh, which has been doing quite well. Can you uh, explain why Filecoin falls into the deep in category? Other, I honestly haven't looked into it other than they've been saying it themselves. So right. I couldn't tell you. Like I can say with render, like I know like that is like sharing your GPU. Yeah. You've got like a graphic card on your computer. Um, you can share that and be rewarded mm -hmm. essentially for sharing your hash power. Yep. So I I haven't looked into Filecoin, but I know that they're well maybe they're just claiming the title that it is deep in because that's the narrative at the moment. So they're just trying to land grab. I don't quite yep. know. But something I'll go away and look at. We're talking about how Filecoin falls into almost every narrative. That yeah, it was pretty funny. Every na hot narrative, even the Chinese narrative. Yep, it does. So it's a layer one. It's supposedly deep in an AI storage. Storage. Uh, what else? The Chinese narrative. Yep. I'm sure we've missed one of them, but... Yeah. Anyway, it's all interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive into some news headlines. Let's go, mate. So, what do we got first? We've got... Yeah, well, I mean, you foreshadowed it nicely, but they've had a successful upgrade or testnet run of the latest Ethereum upgrade. So, again, more utilization of the L2s that have been the next successes of how the Ethereum ecosystem thrives from here on out. So, Optimism, Arbitrum, all the others that go on top, mm -hmm. they need a few bits and pieces organized in a certain way to really run efficiently. So that's what this upgrade should bring for the network. So usually, I guess, if you're wondering, once things get to a testnet phase, it's basically the last line before it goes into production. Mm -hmm. So really anything that doesn't go wrong here, 
uh, it kind of sort of sets in stone the motion that this will go live. So I don't think there's a date on when the actual upgrade would happen. But I mean, history tells us anything. It's usually a couple of macro events might line up. Yep. To say there is an ETF going out, I wouldn't be surprised if yep. this and the Denken upgrade is at the same time. So yeah, a crucial upgrade, just more positive tailwinds for ETH at the moment. So that's... Um, see. I don't have too much info on this, but just to add to all the ETH catalysts at the moment, there's um, there's news that Vitalik Buterin has, who's this, you know, one of the founders of ETH and mm. kind of the figurehead of ETH at the moment, has hinted that they might use AI for addressing Ethereum's biggest risks. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Obviously, just trying to jump on that. Yeah. So I'd be definitely watching his Twitter to see if he drops any project names. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. But yeah, what else we got? Oh, yeah. So I guess this kind of ties in as well to what we're talking about when discussing the market. So in regards to the ETFs, like there's just so much demand for for Bitcoin right now on Wall Street in America. Um, So banks are wanting access to more and more Bitcoin. And they've actually a few banks have got together and and written a letter to the SEC addressing to (laughs) address to uh, Gary Gensler to make it easier for banks to hold Bitcoin, because I think the process is currently a little bit clunky. Yeah. And probably some roadblocks in place to ensure that, you know, not too much adoption is had, you know, how the SEC when it comes to crypto. So that's really positive, I guess, if you just from a price perspective, maybe not so much from a decentralization perspective. But an interesting stat that kind of backs this up is the fact that compared to, I mean, what what do we got here? There is now 25% less Bitcoin on exchanges than there was before 2020. So demand's increasing for Bitcoin, but it just goes to show that a lot of that Bitcoin is getting snapped up by the likes of BlackRock and Fidelity who are holding a lot of it. And so the exchanges like Binance and Coinbase uh, holding less and less. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just the the way of the future. More banks are going to hold Bitcoin and less people are going to hold Bitcoin. And I think that's the worry from all the, the maxis out there is if all the Bitcoin is being taken out of circulation, just being put up in storage, yep. then does that change the, the utility of Bitcoin at all? all of it's just all of a sudden wrapped yeah. up in contracts and derivatives so it doesn't move any or cause as much supply and demand if like shocks from like a yeah. uh, medium of exchange point of view more in terms of like the actual asset remaining volatile like yeah, i guess that's what okay. we've always talked about like yeah. bitcoin may like become a traditional asset where it just doesn't do anything other than move 0.2 percent a year in a long long time from now probably but yeah. um like that's in a situation where that could happen uh if it's not really as circulating supply anymore i guess you could say mm. yeah it's all happening. It is all happening. Everyone Pavel, wants it. I, I want to ask you, what's your best performing asset right now? Oh, right now? Yeah. Uh, Farcoin. Farcoin? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I bought it oh, yeah, like a week ago. Yeah. So that was good timing. Yep. How much up? Oh, you saw the chart, 40 something percent. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Good. How about you? Um, I'd say probably Beam and Say. Yep. So, say has been in the top movers a fair bit lately. It's a, you know, I guess a new launching layer one that launched twenty twenty three. So I hold a little bit of that and I hold a little bit of Sui and then Beam. I recently when it listed on SwiftX, I actually yep. got a bit of that. Um, wanted to get some diversification in word. into the um, into the GameFi blockchain gaming sector. Yeah. And uh, I saw Beam as you know one of the good players there. It's not just an individual game. I, it provides the platform for games to launch, and so you're not kind of just banking on a game that could lose popularity yep. over time so yeah just just going long on beam at the moment yeah no, I, I like that i know that beam i feel like i've missed out but i'm yeah definitely on my watch list for if there is a bit of a dip yeah very jelly mate very they've, jelly um, they've partnered with immutable x another yep. gaming giant you probably could say the biggest name in the space and then they've also partnered with polygon polygon well, yep. so yeah yeah a few little little key things to take away from there yeah 
I'm uh, I'm still just jealous more yeah, than anything. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit salty now. Hey, you don't have to be jealous. You can buy some. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think right. that's a wrap. I mean, on a not pretty short episode, but I feel like we've covered quite a bit of ground. Um, all in all, seems like if current momentum holds, we probably should see altcoins continue to play green. So just play it safe. See what happens. But yeah, we'll just be watching. I guess if we see anything change on the ETF landscape, mm. probably is a bit of an alarm bell that should be ringing. So yep. So here we go. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.